Thank you for joining the Catholic Gen X podcast. Well, are we sure we're working? Because there's no video there. We've been down this path before. Where you well, we got a lot of complaints. You make Tom, us think we're recording after our last <laughs> after our last recording that uh, people were concerned. You know, the you know kind of like the the visual that people have in their mind of us and the reality of seeing us are probably two I, radically different things. I am not Fabio. No. <laughs> No, not in any way. <laughs> you know, and that was never probably good. I mean, you know, if, if there's a certain Harlequin, you know, kind right. of audience that may be interested in that. But now, I don't know. We've moved past it. But mullets are coming back to us. Mullets are coming back. I think it's Stanley Tucci, but chubbier. Right. <laughs> With us is Father Peter. Hello. And our wonderful uh, legal counsel, Tom. And I am Dr. John. <laughs> wow. You can tell we're a few in on this we, one. We welcome our special so, guest, DJ Cassie Jack. So, so before we started the podcast today, it was kind of the joke of uh, Dr. John in terms of I was like the 2 to 4 a.m., like a late night graveyard shift uh, yeah. DJ. After Dr. Demento. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So thank you for being with us today. Uh, so, Tom, where are you? Uh, you spend a lot of time in prayer. But like, what, what? What do you pray for? You? Wow, that's a loaded question, right? right. So, to quote my good friend Father Peter, mm. I, as a Catholic, don't really know how to pray. Oh, okay. I'm good at I the mean, ro- did, I'm good at the rope prayer. Did I say that directly? Kinda. <laughs> did this Kinda. prayer count? Like when you're just like yelling at God? Is that a prayer? You're really trying to bait me, John. <laughs> which. It's fairly easy to do. Um, no. You don't? I don't. But I'm going to go back to our first episode. This is the second time in a row I've mentioned it that may or may not ever see the light of day. Mm. I, that's a lot of our Catholic guilt is do we do we pray enough? Mm. Sounds like you don't. I don't. Um, <laughs> and here's the thing. I, I think the tough thing is. Like when I see people praying for a football game, my immediate reaction is God really doesn't care. That's true. That's true. So I, I struggle. He doesn't? Well, unless it's Notre Dame, I think we all know that's God's team. Well, and then like, is the outcome dependent on who's playing, who's praying stronger? Oh, it is. Totally right. right. Okay. Isn't that what it is? If- I don't know. I don't know. Your your will isn't the fulcrum of God's will that uh, like you just like pray hard enough and all of a sudden God's yeah. No, I don't think God... like, like the prayer meter's up to hundred percent. It's like no. let's go ahead and give him a payoff. Like in Monsters Inc. Yeah. So <laughs> no, so my children can wear me down. Mm. And when I think of God the Father, I don't think of him as like somebody I can just wear down with my constant nagging. Although, right, we have the parables like Mm-hmm. Jesus gives the parable of um, like the widow and the unjust judge and the widow in the parable, she goes and she pounds on the door and harangues the unjust judge until he changes his mind and gives her what she wants. Is that one of your her- her- heretical gospels? No, it's in like, <laughs> it was just like a probably a couple of months ago. Tom. <laughs> <laughs> I was busy that Sunday. Wow. Well, confessions will be held after the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So there I assume, Father Peter, lots of different kinds of prayer. There are. So if it's true what Tom is saying, that uh, Tom doesn't know how to pray, but maybe a lot of the people don't either. Well, so let me ask you. Yeah. Years ago, 
I saw a 60 Minutes episode <laughs> about a, Where are we going? About a monastery in First Greece. First of all, who watches 60 Minutes? The over 70 crowd. Waldorf and Statler. Right. Oh, that's true. That's right. <laughs> so it was, it was a monastery in Greece. Mount Athos. Only sure. It's on, on the island. sea. But yeah. yeah. So they believe that they took literally that you should always be in prayer. Right. And while they were being interviewed and clearly engaged in the conversation, you could see their lips moving. Right. They were constantly reciting Jesus yes. prayer. Yes. Okay. Is there a question? In well, there? it's kind of a <laughs> counsel. Tell me is there, more. Is there a question in there? Are you ejecting? Are you right. praying right now, right. Father Peter, as Tom is talking? <laughs> I'm praying for a way out of this conversation. <laughs> uh, I feel like the council is badgering the witness here. Uh, so, yes, the church takes that very seriously. In fact, this past weekend at the parish, I gave a little talk for Advent on the Liturgy of the Hours. And the Western Church's response to St. Paul's injunction to pray without ceasing is the Liturgy of the Hours. So uh, priests and deacons and religious brothers and sisters pray this prayer five times a day. Uh, we, there's the Office of Readings, which used to be called Louds. Uh, and uh, that, uh, like... If you're a Carthusian, you get up at 3 a.m. and pray this this office. Guessing that's not Father Peter. No, diocesan priests, the instructions say you can pray it at any time. Oh. Um, so then there's morning prayer or matins, uh, and that's prayed kind of in, at the beginning of the day. Which and, might be 11. And then you can pray one, it's not for me, the insomniac goth priest is not sleeping in until 11. Uh, then there's, you have a choice, you pray one of the three of mid-morning, midday, or mid-afternoon prayer. And then there's evening prayer, also known as Vespers, and then night prayer, also known as Compline. So how do priests have time to get anything done? You're it sounds like all the time all the time mm -hmm. um actually alone we pray it pretty quick it doesn't it doesn't take all that long to pray office of readings takes a while because the readings have are substantial uh but do you is that so at our parish you at least a few nights a week your daily mass is an evening mass does right does that fulfill so that? i no it does not fulfill that i pray uh so I hear confessions before our evening masses, and in the confessional, I'll be praying uh, vespers uh, before evening mass. You're trying to catch me out on like no, slacking on my no, duties. No, I'm but... not. I'm not. So back to our friends on Mount Athos. Right. So so Jesus says, "Don't be like the hypocrites." I'm going to paraphrase Jesus, which is always dangerous, and, and basically just throw out this but not prayer for you. This, this prayer that you've just memorized. Right? D don't do that. He, he said, "Don't be like the heathens or the pagans who pray with an abundance of words." Okay. And so we understand that to mean like it's not the words themselves, but the the disposition of the heart that matters. Okay. 
So the Jesus prayer, which I think there are multiple right, but the kind formats, of like a standard is Lord uh, Jesus Christ, only Son of the Father, have mercy on me, a sinner. Right. Okay. If I am like one of those monks on Mount Athos, and I'm constantly, no matter what's going on around me, in my mind, praying, Lord Jesus Christ, only Son of the Father, have mercy on me, a sinner. Does that make me like one of those heathens? If your heart is disconnected from your words, then yes. Are you looking to move, Tom? Is this like an exit plan for you? Right. Why do we have to come back to how much I want to be a monk? Right. You guys bring this up every It's your fantasy. So it really comes back to what is in your heart and what is really, what is the point of prayer in right. that? Are you trying to do it in terms of attention? I would think living in community. Do you want to be seen falsely as you know, this false like holiness? Right. Like wanting that sense of attention, which is much more worldly and sinful, but not really offering that to God. Mm -hmm. So what's curious about that to me is that, well, probably not the two of you, but I would imagine, you know, sometimes people can actually be paying attention, but they're actually doing something else too. Right. Yeah, except usually I'm not paying attention. Okay. <laughs> well, I said, well, so, I mean, I could see where, especially like a rope prayer that you pray hundreds of times a day, you could be doing that and still like mentally verbally engaged in a lot of things too. So yes, no question. Jesus prayer, good or bad? What well, has Jesus in it, Tom? So yes. <laughs> like I it and you look like my greatest hits or something as far as prayer. Like, what do you mean by bad? I, I'm just saying if I'm over and over in my mind all day every day, Lord Jesus Christ, only Son and Father, have mercy on me a sinner, does it lose its effectiveness? It might. It, and I so I think like this is not a good or bad situation. It's a helpful or not helpful situation, right? Like you cannot be doing bad if you are praying the name of Jesus, but it may not be helpful to you because it may just be repetition and not uh, a true prayer from your heart. I, we say this, like I say this to uh, seminarians, when I talk on prayer to them all the time, like the rosary is not some kind of magic charm. You, you, it's helpful to you if you can enter into meditation on the mysteries, but just kind of moving your lips to Hail Marys all day is not necessarily making you holy. So, like machine gun rosary, have five minutes. Let's just right. kind of crank it out. That's yeah, that's yeah, not yeah, good. Yeah, no. Okay. All right. Hmm. I mean, ah. don't go tell your mom that I said that. But... <laughs> <laughs> so I think, I, I feel that as Catholics. And this is really all about your feelings. It is. It is. It is the, yeah. Well, what would you say before we started recording? The church doesn't care about my. <laughs> um, as Catholics, generally, we are fairly poor at charismatic prayer. Yes. Go on. Why true or false? True ish. Well, I mean, hold I on. So, what is charismatic right. prayer? I don't mean? know really what you mean by that. I mean, well, so our former pastor. Sure. I, I was at a, a group dinner with him, and we asked him to say the, the blessing, mm -hmm. much like the three of us did the night before we ate, before we recorded this. And he busts out, "Bless us, O Lord," and these I gifts. And my response is, after a seminary, that's the best you can do. Oh. So what, what you're referring to is what we generally refer to as extemporaneous prayer. Like 
kind of off the cuff. Yeah, prayer. I'm terrible at that. Yeah. Okay. Charismatic okay. prayer typically means like speaking in tongues or uh, some kind of more uh, Holy Spirit centered experience. So what Thank former, you for exposing my ignorance. I appreciate yeah. that. That's what this I, it's podcast one of my is all favorite about. things to do. <laughs> so our former pastor was correct. It's just something where the charismatic part of it's something you just didn't understand. Well, no, it's just I expect a little bit more. So, Father Peter, I won't touch that. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just saying, as Catholics, I think we tend to fall back on the rope. Yeah, I think that's true. And it's also something like I get a lot of invitations to come to something and say the opening prayer. And being a convert, I'm always confused, like, why the committee leader can't just say the opening prayer, why they need a priest to come do it. It's one thing if you want me to come and give a blessing, but a prayer from anybody is potentially just as effective as a prayer from me. So your prayer is just as good as Father Peter's time. Well, clearly. <laughs> so your your father, you growing up, your yeah. father was a was a, a Protestant, Protestant minister. minister. Yeah. Your prayer before dinner every night, I'm guessing was spontaneous. Yeah, it was it was yeah. very different from bless us O Lord and these right. I guess, right? Right. It was also much longer. <laughs> Food was cold, but Food was cold. Yeah. As opposed to uh <laughs> was it good bread good meat, meat, good lord let's eat. That's right. <laughs> But I think, Tom, you're touching on something uh, kind of tangentially. You have like a, a desire for more than just the rote prayer. And I think one of the things to understand is while we have kind of broad methods of prayer in the church, we understand that not everybody is natural at a particular method of prayer, mm -hmm. right? Like not everybody can do like the, the, a Benedictine monk, a central practice of the spirituality of a Benedictine monk is called Lexio Divina, holy reading. And it's a, a method of combining prayer with the reading of sacred scripture. Mm -hmm. Not everybody like finds life and energy and a connection with God in that. If you do, like that's part of your discernment to be a Benedictine monk, or the Jesuits have a very particular kind of imaginative prayer. And uh, again, that works for a lot of people, but it doesn't work for everybody. And I'm going to reference our first podcast with we talked about Catholic guilt. Yeah. And, and I think part of Catholic guilt is as Catholics, we know there are lots of rules. Right. And we're always afraid we're going to break the rules. Right. And when we pray, we can't help but think there are rules here. And if I get too far away from the Hail Mary or too far away from the Jesus prayer, am I going to be breaking the rules? No. But 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 as Catholics, that's not comfortable for us. Right. I get like I hear in confessions a lot people saying, I haven't I, I haven't been good about my morning prayers, or I haven't been good about uh my prayers or whatever, right? And sometimes I have the time and the 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 urging of the spirit to say, tell me more about what that is. But a lot of times I just let it go by, but I'm always kind of saddened that like 
that's a very rule-based approach to prayer. It's a very guilt-based approach to prayer, right? And I think like prayer is supposed to be our conversation, our relationship with God. And, um, you know, like, do you confess that I didn't talk to my spouse in the morning or, right? Like that would be weird, right? I mean, I don't well, know. It depends on like what house you're talking people about. confession, so I don't <laughs> Well, it depends on your spouse. Mine would prefer I not speak to them. <laughs> right. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like it weighs on people's conscience, and yet I'm not sure they could even articulate a lot of times what that means. That's pro- that's part of the problem with Catholicism. The beauty is we have all these rules. We know the rules. This is what we've been doing for but I think people years. make up rules. I think you're right. <clears throat> I think what there's what the example you gave is these false self-imposed rules, which is the false guilt we kind of established before, and they're just terrible Catholics, right, or terrible people. And what what I wonder with that is of where it's the burden of how they who they think God is yes. and who they think He's not. Is He like the divine accountant, I mean, all these kinds of things, you know, we've started to kind of get into of where, what is there really that false image in terms of where it is? And I think partly where that comes from, and this is from a psychological bent, our first experiences of God have a lot to do with our parents. Right. You know, really like, you know, accurately or falsely. And I think our, typically our relationships, our fathers tend to be projected onto God, the yes. father, and a lot of our mothers in terms of on the blessed mother too. So that really gets into more of our own suffering, our own experience, which is something where that is the lens that we see who God is and who God is not. Now, Edward Sree wrote a book called uh, Law is Love, which is a very good book. I'm just trying to impress you, Tom. I don't really know what I'm talking about. I did read the book. (laughs) But partly I think what he's talking about is what you're getting to, which is, you know, the law of of love. I mean, really, the, the law of God is something which is for our greatest good. So now, like with your kids, for example, and they say, Dad, you know, I want to go play basketball on like the state highway. You're like, well, I don't really know if that's a good idea. It's like, well, there's a lot of room. We can like run around and play. Well, go ahead. Well, you wouldn't do that, right? Because, I mean, well, (laughs) most fathers would say no. And so part of that is, is that kind of a law? I would say yes. The problem, though, that we have as Catholics is two things. We don't even fully know what the fullness of the law is, which is rooted in love. It gives us guidance, leading us to God. And I think, secondly, that we have such a misrepresentation of who God is or who he's not, and we live by that kind of falseness our entire lives. Because other than attending Mass on Sundays and Holy Days of Obligation— Unless it's a Monday. Then it's not a Holy Day of Obligation. I don't know of any— rule in the church dictating prayer for lay people. Priests are bound to pray those those offices, the hours uh, that I mentioned earlier, but lay people aren't bound by any rule of prayer other than attending Mass on Sundays and Holy Days of Obligation. Even though St. Paul said you should always pray without ceasing. But the church just kind of leaves that up to you as to how you feel led to engage in that. So that's what I wonder of where 
I mean, and that being true and good, which is probably disorienting. I feel a little kind of rattled in that regard of where I'm kind of thinking, Tom, so like your day just got freer. I'm feeling great about That's right. I mean, you're going to take a longer lunch. (laughs) But I I do wonder, though, if part of the big picture is saying, Father Peter, is that of where prayer is a lot of things. Some of it's road, some of it's Lexio Divina and so on. But are you having a conversation with God throughout the day? Right. I mean, that's prayer is many things. But But part of its heart, it's conversation. Well, and are you bringing God into your day? Yes, that's right. So, I mean, some of that is where, you know, my I didn't say my morning prayers, and, you know, and, and baby Jesus is crying and, he you know, all this kind of stuff. Well, I mean, that that's a terrible burden to bear. But I think of the big picture is really how are we inviting God into our lives and we're sharing our lives with him, being a good steward in a lot of ways. I mean, suddenly, you know, as I tell people sometimes where, well, maybe, you know, you your work today, you didn't have time to pray, but your work was your prayer. Right. Or, I mean, like your morning offering, what you're giving God for the day is your prayer, too. Right. So there isn't any waste, I think, in that regard. Does this set you free, Tom, or make you feel I don't know. I don't know. Well, it, it's a lot because I think that even for those of us who are raised Catholic and maybe those of us who came to faith later tend to probably know more. I'm speaking at least for myself. Um, it's hard to know because the question has to be, I mean, who are we and who is God? And if we can't like reconcile those, understand that, it's hard to be able to do a lot else. It's kind of like the dog chasing its tail. Right. That's what I would say when I, when I worked in seminary formation and guys would sit down as with me as a spiritual director and they'd say, I need you to help me determine am I called to be a priest or not? And I said, our first year is about figuring out who God is and who you are. Because once we know those two things, then we can begin to to understand how God is uniquely calling you. But if you don't understand who God is and you don't understand yourself, you don't have any sense of how God can speak in your heart. So here's the other thing, and I think that makes a lot of sense. It's very good. I wonder how much of us, you know, those who are intentional in terms of prayer, making that some part of our lives, and maybe a weekly, maybe a daily basis, who knows, how much of the time we're talking versus listening. Right. I mean, so I think a lot of times we ask God questions, and we immediately answer ourselves. Oh, there's no questions. I mean, this is what I say to people uh, for at Eucharistic Adoration. I quote Pope Benedict and say, there, there is definitely a part of adoration in which we look upon God, but sitting in front of the Eucharist also gives us the perspective of God looking upon us, right? Mm-hmm. And so there ought to be that silence where we just let God look at us. I think that's great because part of it is, and I see this with some of the people that I work with, of where, particularly in Western culture, we're so driven by doing, do, do, yeah, do, yeah, do, yeah. do, 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 do. And whether it's like scrupulosity, which is another podcast, but something in terms Not for today, Tom. That's right. No, this is, okay. it's called a teaser. It's called a teaser. <laughs> but it's something where when we tend to be so worried about so many things, 
And, and these are all the things I have to do. And there's kind of a sense where I have to prove this or I have to do like, you know, these are all the things I'm burdened with. One of the great things about Eucharistic adoration is being with. Yes. It's being with God. Is God better, Tom, when you go to adoration? No. I mean, is it good for you? Yes, but it's because of your relationship with God. You're not really necessarily doing anything. You're being with him. Right. Just as you are, I assume, all the time with your wife. You're just sitting gazing and just in We're contemplation. <laughs> Soft music's playing, all probably the carpenters. Always like present. Always present. Yep. So, I mean, I think that that's something where in terms of prayer, that idea of being with is hard for us to be still. Right. To actually be able to, to be present that way. Right. And just remember, we're living on a prayer. Well, we're halfway there. And we'll make it, I swear. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. That's right. As long as it's not slippery when wet. <laughs> wow. It can be dangerous in a lot of ways, Tom. Yeah. Well, we want to thank you for being with us today. Uh, this is a lot to think about, Tom, wouldn't you say? Uh, yeah, I have a headache. <laughs> well, I, th- I think the glass is full. Anything else we pour and in? And that's why we don't call lawyers doctor. <laughs> because these conversations give him a headache. <laughs> Father Peter, thank you for being with us. Always. Tom, great being with you. I hope you listen to the next uh, Kathy Genex podcast. Thanks for listening.